0: Welcome to Enterprising Mindsets, a podcast series exploring what an enterprising mindset is and how it can help us to live, learn and ultimately lead in the future. Hello, I'm Sharon Davis, Chief Executive of Young Enterprise, a national enterprise and financial education charity. You can get the latest episodes straight to your device via subscribing through your usual podcast service. I'm delighted to introduce my guest today, Robert Elliott. Robert has a fantastic career in the media industry. Starting out as a development researcher and then producer, working on broadcast and online formats, including Pop Idol, Big Brother and Deal No Deal, Robert's established his own production business, its first commission being a 10-part drama for Channel 5. Robert also co-founded Zinc Network with his best friend, Scott Brown, with the aim of creating a positive impact through compelling content. As an entrepreneur, Robert continues to lead the company he started eight years ago, which now employs around 100 people from a Diverse range of professional and cultural backgrounds. Zinc Network's clients include the United Nations, UK and US governments, Microsoft, and the Internet Watch Foundation. Robert, wow, that's some journey so far. How did your interest in media start?
1: Well, thank you for that lovely, kind uh, introduction, Sharon. My interest started with actually music and singing. I first wanted to. Be a singer, and it was very easy to just start singing and work in men's clubs and at talent competitions around where I lived. And then I actually look—I mean, it was very opportunistic. I went into Top Shop, and at the time they had an in-store television channel. I went into Top Shop and said, "Can I sing to all the shoppers so that I can be discovered?" And uh, they said, no, we don't allow that, but we will interview you about wanting to be a singer. So off the back of that interview, they said, you should think about being a TV presenter uh, and working in the media. And I thought, well, that sounds like a great idea. I'll give it a go. And so I battered them for about three months until they eventually gave me a job at Topshop TV. And that started my career in front of the camera. And then after that, I pursued a career behind the camera as well, as per what you just outlined
0: so where did that confidence come from to just go into a stop shop and say can i sing where where did that come from i
1: guess i've got a sort of inbuilt somewhat fearlessness thinking well you know what's the worst that can happen they can just say no also i was with my friend claire and we used to lark about and like doing like doing things uh that were kind of risky and uh and fun so yeah i guess the pair of us thought let's just give it a shot let's go in there and I think she wanted to dance, so she was going to dance and I was going to sing. And that's how we were going to get discovered. But, you know, it didn't work out that way. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's that's just, that's fantastic. And I guess it links to our discussion today. So the importance of mindset. And I guess my first question is, what does an enterprising mindset mean to you personally?
1: I think there has to be a degree of fearlessness um, and uh, the ability to accept Rejection. We're going to get onto this later, I'm sure, but you know, most of the time uh, when you put yourself out there, you don't get what you want. And if you can be prepared for that and cope with it, that will serve you well. So, yeah, managing expectations and a sort of fearlessness, I think, is really important. You've got to be highly adaptive and you've got to, well, I think I have a sort of default positive position, which I'm really lucky to have actually. So, when push comes to shove, I will land with a smile on my face in the end, even if it's been a bad day. So a defeat positive position is is helpful as well.
0: You talk about fearlessness, you talk about managing rejections. It'd be really, really interesting. Just how do you interpret a rejection? How do you make it work for you?
1: There's a few stages that you go through. I mean, look, I remember when I interviewed Uh, or audition to be the presenter on about four different TV shows ranging from obscure sky channels that no one would ever see to quite high profile TV shows and in the space of half an hour I got rejected by all of them the calls came through and I remember actually sitting at the top of the staircase and taking the first call and then dropping a few stairs down and taking the next one and then a few more stairs down and the next one until at, at the end I was just on the hallway floor sort of sobbing thinking geez that was not a good half hour but I guess you know ultimately you have to learn each time try and get some feedback as to what you need to do better and then pick yourself up start all over again I guess that's you know that's where you've got to get to and of course later on down the line I was lucky enough to 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 get a couple of auditions so hopefully in the not too distant future things can turn around.
0: I'm thinking about young people listening to to our conversation now, and I'm thinking that, you know, we're poised potentially to go into a, a recession. Youth unemployment potentially is set to increase quite substantially. So we're going to need to really support young people with building that mindset of resilience and adaptability and, and managing rejections. What would you say would be some of the key messages that might help someone develop that skin to be able to utilise the learning from rejection?
1: When it comes to resilience, um, and you need a thick skin and you need resilient skills when you're going on this journey, I think first and foremost, you've got to manage your expectations. I learned through my journey was that, you know, 98% of the time where I would be putting myself out there, I did not get what I want. But for 2% of the time, I did, and it would nudge me forward. And oftentimes, you know, if you're pitching yourself and getting yourself out there, and connecting with hundreds and hundreds of people, you really only need 2% of those to come through. I'll give you a clear example. When I was on the dole and starting my business, this was after I left television and started out and kind of to go it alone. I went out there and thought, right, I'm going to do this on my own. And it was very difficult at the beginning. And I remember I would go out to two or three events every uh, week and give out my business card and almost always, no one would respond to me, you know, maybe once every two weeks, something would come through. And just the act of going out there, meeting people, talking to people, building connections, and actually talking to people about their experience and their journey and trying to make it as an entrepreneur really boosts your confidence and, and can help you. So there are many different things that you can do in connecting with other people, learning from their journey and experiences, that don't necessarily mean that you've moved forward in that moment. But all of it adds up to a sort of collective progression, a cumulative progression rather, over time. What would your advice be about
0: how to develop a network, particularly if you're someone that perhaps hasn't got much of a personal one right now?
1: I did not have a network when I started out. My dad is a black cab driver. My stepmom works in a bank. Uh, We are not connected as a family to the media industry at all. I started out by writing to television companies and putting myself out there and available for work experience. And this is a while ago now. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm 38 years old. So this is probably 20 years ago. And back then you could get work experience jobs, especially in the media industry, as a runner and runners. Really, your job is making tea and running stuff around town and helping the production work and being a bit of a gopher going for this and going for that so that was my in and then I would meet people and network with them and I had a kind of three-point plan for work experience that was spread across three weeks the first week was all about getting in there and working really hard getting your head down not being too loud not being too out there working really hard second week would be to make friends with as many people as possible. Go to the pub with them, go out for a drink, socialise, chat to them at lunch, whatever. And then the third week, get a job. Really focus on who is that person in that organisation that's gonna give you a leg up and help you get on the ladder in their team. That's in the context of starting out in your career. When I started up my business, I was also looking for other ways to connect with people, and the British Library in London have a business and IP centre. It's mostly used by entrepreneurs that need to access the British Library to look up specialist subjects and then use those findings um, to help develop their business product or service. I actually use the centre just to sort of go and meet people uh, and connect with people and make friends and actually sort of share stories of the, the trials and tribulations of being an entrepreneur. And I found that to be really, really helpful. You know, that was the the best thing about the libraries. I used to sit at a table with people and we were all hoping to make a go of it in our uh, respective businesses. Uh, and just that camaraderie um, and shared endeavour was, you know, was really spurring and um, and helpful.
0: So different networks would assist you for the different, for different reasons.
1: Mm. Don't underestimate the power of just connecting people for the purpose of emotional support and solidarity. You know, whether we're in a recession, whether it's COVID or whether it's, you know, halcyon, you know, happy days, your worst enemy is going to be your own headspace where the, where the, where the thoughts of doubt and rejection will creep in. And you've got to try and manage that. And actually by talking about this with other people that are on the same journey as you you know it's super helpful
0: and of course we're at a time aren't we where there's an increased risk of isolation because people are needing to work from home of course we can be more digitally connected but what sustains you and that mindset at times when you've really found things challenging when you've perhaps really wanted to give up
1: i started my business in my bedroom in november So it's not a very happy time of the year to be going it alone. And I was on my own, you know, and it wasn't during a global health pandemic, but nonetheless, I was sat in my room on my own every day while my flatmate was out at work. And to make things worse, I couldn't afford to have the heating on. So I'd used to have to go for a run every couple of hours just to keep the body warm. You know, this was really testing my resolve at this time. And I got my strength through my friends uh, and just talking to people people that I met at the library, like I just described, and one friend in particular who was also thinking about going it alone as a freelancer. And, you know, she said something to me that stuck with me um, forever, which is we're a little further forward for not standing still. It really um, cheered me up There, And I used to think at the end of the day, look, I've not got a contract. Um, I've not won any business today. And in fact, nobody's replied to any of my emails. But I've sent seven emails out. And I've written up a new idea for a new project that I'd like to get off the ground. And that's something. And all those activities over time, cumulatively, build up to something um, and create the momentum behind success.
0: That cumulative building, you've referenced that a couple of times. And that kind of flies in the face of the kind of instant gratification kind of culture that we, I guess, have been used to up until, I would say, covid Do you think that this is an opportunity for us to reset how we think about describing success or defining success?
1: I've not experienced much instant gratification, I have to be honest with you. Another thing I think about is um, everything in life that's good is hard won. A good marriage, a good partnership, a good friendship, a well-run business, success in your job. And, And I've often found that, I mean, we're actually going through this again right now in the company, whereby we just pitched for a really exciting prestigious project and the client comes back and says congratulations you are the high scorer so this uh, means that we might have won it however we have 11 clarification questions that you need to answer and the way you answer them will determine whether or not you actually win the contract. And those 11 clarification questions are now turned into around 25 clarification questions. And on we go answering clarification questions and they're perfectly acceptable questions, by the way, until eventually they'll they'll hopefully say, well done, you've done it. And by the time you get to that stage, you're quite tired. You know, you've, you, you've, you've been living with this anticipation and and hope for so long that by the time that you win it that instant gratification moment the x-factor moment as i i would imagine where the ticker take comes down and you've won the contract that moment's gone because you've had to labor over this first the proposal that we did a few months ago and then answering these questions and then straight into mobilizing the project and hoping to make the best out of it so again i would again manage expectations around instant gratification. My experience is that all the good things in life take time, a hard one, but hopefully will be worth it in the end.
0: And as your role as a leader, as the founder of the organization, how do you cultivate that cumulative patience, celebrating the processes, How, how do you do
1: that? Well, there's two sides to it. One, you've got to go after a lot. So throw enough stuff at the wall, and hope that enough sticks. And you really have to adopt that mentality. You know, you've got to be out there prospecting opportunities in numerous places. And sometimes, you know, you'll really be thinking, this is never going to work. No one's going to trust us or our idea on this particular subject or in this particular context, but you never know. So I guess you've, you, you've got to balance that with obviously not spreading yourself too thin that you actually don't end up coming up with anything that's that great in any area but nonetheless you've got to build a pipeline and a slate of opportunities and I think our win rate is around one in three which is the average for our business and actually when you start out in your career or when you're running a business your win rate will be a lot lower than that at the very beginning and then you get the beginners luck where you start to win a lot more and then hopefully you'll uh, you'll know where you should end up all the all the different industries are different so that's that's one side of it that's the practical pragmatic side of prospecting and finding opportunities the other side is getting your communications right in a business it's really important when it comes to motivating the team to make sure you balance Uh, uh, messaging around successes and wins with uh, the reality of the hardship and challenge that you're up against in making those wins happen. So you've got to sort of, you know, balance your messaging.
0: So, Robert, you come across very, very confident, clearly um, fearless, you described you needing to be. What about if you weren't so extrovert? How would you seek to build that mindset in your team?
1: I would say practice and rehearse communicating an idea or something that you want to do and actually rehearse that with your friends first, people that you trust and know. You know, I, I, a lot of the time, if I'm about to go and do a big pitch to uh, to to a government or a client, I will practice it with my partner or my friends or my family and I'll look at their faces to to explore whether or not they're getting what I'm saying. And then I'll build it out and speak to some of the people in the business and practice and rehearse uh, communicating that idea with them. And I keep building that out. I'll then go to a client that might be friendly that I've worked with in the past. And then eventually I'll get to the opportunity. And by that time, you've said it so many times, um, you're hopefully gonna get it right. And apply that to every level. So if you're going to go for an interview, practice that interview with a family member or a friend. And if you haven't got, you know, family or friend members, uh, sorry, if you haven't got uh, family members that are in the industry that you're uh, trying to get into, ask around the family network, ask at school, do any of the teachers know anybody? You know, most of the time when you ask for help, people will say yes. If you want to practice through Young Enterprise, for example, your your mentor or the supporters in your network, try it out with them. And, and communication is so key and something that's often overlooked. And you're right to acknowledge that you need to be confident and clear and articulate about what you want and where you want to go. But practice it first. I've got a really big pitch next week and we just did the rehearsal just an hour ago, and it's all over the shop. I would not be in a good position right now to present this to the client, but you know what? I'm gonna keep on practicing this week until next week, we've nailed it, and hopefully we'll uh, win the opportunity.
0: And what do you think the importance of an enterprising mindset is for someone like yourself leading in the media industry?
1: Super important. You know, I feel like an enterprising mindset, and we talked earlier on about what that is, is really important for everybody in every industry not just the media industry i mean referring back to uh, the importance of communication obviously the media industry is all about communication you know you're telling the story through a documentary or a film or a strategic communication or government communication um like what we do at my company and so you've got to be good and adept at communicating uh yourself um of course people are drawn to positive people, um, and people are drawn to curious uh, people who are interested in the subjects that they're interested in. Um, So, you know, read books, swat up on the subject that you're uh, interested in or the industry that you are uh, interested in, and go out there and communicate with people. As I said, I'm trying to balance these two things. On the one hand, you will get a lot of rejection, and that's just life. And I found that to be true of not just trying to get a job, but trying to get a partner when I was younger and all sorts of different circumstances. However, a lot of people will help. They might not have a job for you. They might be able to pay you right now, but people will listen to you, will like to oftentimes I find people like to impart their knowledge and wisdom and 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 give people a leg up so you know access those people find those people and access them this mindset around being adaptive trying to be positive as a default position and then balancing both curiosity with and a sort of innovative excited approach with being realistic and probing this is important for the media industry but it's important for all industries I'd say
0: and given where we are right now in this moment, do you think there are opportunities where a more collective enterprising mindset could be nurtured as a, as a country to assist in our recovery from COVID?
1: A collective mindset is required. And as I say, like it's, it's important always to try and connect with and surround yourself with people who are either on the same journey as you, or on a journey that's tangentially connected to yours. And you will be able to absorb a lot from the collective as you go about your journey. I mean, I'll give you an, an example. When I first started out, I created this, this project called the Camden Collective. It was about bringing together producers, directors, writers, what have you. And really, I had a I paid the rent on a porter cabin and this was a free desk for people. The main purpose of that was just to be able to connect with people, have a cup of coffee with people in the morning, share my experiences, my successes. Yes, but most of the time, nearly always, we were talking about the strife, the challenges, the difficulties, sharing those stories, being around people that are on the same journey as you. It's super nourishing. It's super important. And I recommend it wholeheartedly always. Um, but especially during these difficult times. It feels like that we have
0: an investment in each other's journey much more than we did before. And that I guess those key qualities you've described before, that adaptability, the ability to communicate. But there, there is a sense, isn't there, that we are each other's keeper in a lot of ways that we perhaps haven't felt that before COVID.
1: Yes, and and, and I, I guess that's because COVID is the great leveller. Mm. It can happen to anyone and it's happening to all of us, affecting us um, in our communities, on a sort of health level, but also on an economic and business level. So we're all going through it. I mean, at my company at the moment, things are chopping and changing from day to day, week to week, some good, some bad. And it, I guess it is sort of reassuring to know this is happening across lots of sectors and indeed other businesses in my sector. Um, and I read about it in the paper and I talk to my peers about it and we're all going through it together. And I. I've actually been on the phone quite a lot with my competitors who who I might be more sort of cagey and and reserved around. But actually opening up around them about what they're facing, how they're overcoming their challenges and sharing some of my stories. I think it's been good for all of us. Robert, thank you so much for your candour today. It's just been really
0: refreshing to hear you and your journey. But before we go, what's what's next? What's next for you?
1: Well, I have just written a five year business plan, which I'd happily take you through. Um, But I have a I have a feeling we don't have time for that today. I'm happy with what I've got right now. I've got a lovely husband, two wonderful dogs. I've got a nice home, a nice family that we're all supporting each other through these tricky times. As I said, my dad is a cab driver and, you know, he's really up against it with fewer passengers to ferry around London. Um, and we're all supporting each other. So that's right now. And I try not to think too far forward into the future, especially during these times. I think it's all about, you know, making the most of what you've got um, and, and, and getting through the weeks and the challenges as they come about in the short to medium term. But, you know, grow the business, Be happy and manage your not just expectations in life but your desires in life try and keep it contained otherwise you spend your whole life wanting something more than what you've got and that that would be a shame
0: robert thank you so much for joining us on enterprising mindsets it's been great talking to you
1: thanks for having me
0: enterprising mindset podcast is part of a series from young enterprise to listen to more please subscribe to us in your usual podcasting services thank you for listening